Yeah. It's an interesting theory. I like I have, the I have with a di- uh, rebellion. It's rebellion. A, it's an interesting connection. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, you, need I, that, you need that energy to, to support your rebellious attitude, your rebellious manner. So yeah, that kind of music will yep. connect you to it and even, you know, activate you to move. You just like yeah. become more functional. Yeah. First of all, you're mm-hmm. rebelling on your parents because they don't understand that you have raging hormones and they don't. They're not <laughs> letting you. Yeah, no. I mean, I don't they understand story. it. They were kids our age. That's what I don't understand about exactly. our parents. Understand they it. were they our age once. So <laughs> give us some. Give us a break, it's please. All because of menopause <laughs> and like middle age crisis. I don't know. Oh, that's no, no, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not my hormones. <laughs> parents don't. Don't get a manual, you know, like saying, "Oh shit, you know, this is how we we'll, how we we'll raise this uh, uh, offspring of ours." They just they're, they're just learning on the job. Even if they have yeah. five six kids, they're still learning on the job, and they can't uh, they can't really know what we're going through as teenagers. Then, when you emancipate yourself from them in your twenties, you're rebelling on yourself and trying to impress someone else. Then, in the thirties, I think it's still related to the twenties, but you feel, you know, like you've established your your life in a way that you wanted it like this is my routine i like it it makes me comfortable this is the music i'm gonna listen to uh, i'm not saying that people in their 30s are not huge uh, techno uh, fans if, if, they, if they remain techno fans in their 20s and remain to the 30s probably would be still techno fans in their 60s and 70s mm-hmm. but that's how i see it and yeah rebellion interesting interesting take what about so your a taste in music has evolved. Has your taste taste in film also evolved throughout these times? Oh man, no, no, weirdly not. <laughs> it's a different, uh, it's a different thing. So in, mu- in in movies, I'd say, and and you're probably gonna laugh. Um, teenage angst movies like John Hughes movies from the eighties, like. Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, mm. and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, or mm-hmm. all these movies kind of laid the basis for stuff that I liked later on, uh, mm. like uh, 10 Things I Hate About You and stuff like that, because mm-hmm. it observes a critical uh, um, age in, in, human, in humans. And, and having this American you know, um, taste or flavor to it that not a lot of people you know, get to, from the region at least, get to experience like the locker rooms or whatever, because mainly in Lebanon, we have the French school systems that you don't have mm. what you see on, in these movies. Mm-hmm. And, and, and these movies, I always have an affinity for them. So whenever I see like something, not the lame ones that are coming out, but the series like sex education and, and, and euphoria, I kind of didn't really like it that much because they, mm-hmm. it was so modern. It was so modern to, to it didn't give any, you know, flashback to a John Hughes because in mm-hmm. any in any uh, uh, teenage series or movie you always have a throwback or, or a mention to mm-hmm. to John Hughes they always homage him in some way mm-hmm. and this one I didn't feel it at all I was like oh shit you know like teenage movies and series right now are gonna be so much different I'm too old for them <laughs> but at the same time in parallel I used to love and I still love psychological thrillers always mm-hmm. had had an affinity for them, movies that made me think a lot. And obviously my favorite movies and my museum of Star Wars here is Star Wars. I watch every series that comes out, every movie. Uh, I debate it online. I go into forums and, and, and <laughs> put my, 
five people and <laughs> yeah who do yeah. you uh, who's your favorite star wars character and why oh man it's hard to tell it's hard to tell there's a lot yeah, i know there's it's a hard question it's my job to ask you yeah. hard questions yeah. <laughs> i know i know i know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I, I really, I, I'm trying to think hard here, and um, there's a lot of characters when they come on screen, you're like, oh fuck, man, he's he has his time right now. This is the scene that he's gonna probably, you know, say something or do something out of the ordinary. Um, let me just explain one thing: the last three movies that came out in the theater, I do not, I do not uh, 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 put them even in, in any close to to the, to the older movies because they are. Utter garbage. Uh, they're shit. They tried to eliminate or, or, or steer away from the storyline of the previous six that were made and, and all the canon, you know, characters and whatever. And I thought they were terribly made. And, and uh, I, I'm sad that, that Star Wars took this, this direction. I agree. But I would say Obi-Wan Kenobi is, is mm. a, such a central figure because he at the time is a, a force wielder and a force sensitive. Uh, and a Jedi, you know, a Grandmaster Jedi, and on the council and whatever. But at the same time, he had a lot of flaws that made him, you know, uh, uh, a relatable character. Like he was mm -hmm. all-knowing, and he was uh, uh, the master of Anakin Skywalker, who became Vader. But exactly. he became Vader because of, because of his biggest flaw one. was that yeah. he trained Anakin Skywalker. You were the chosen one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we were supposed That's to be what... brothers. <laughs> We're supposed to fight the dark side, not join them. <laughs> it's all so, Anakin. It's... <laughs> I have the high ground. <laughs> the best line to end to end your opponent, bro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love those classic uh, Star Wars movies. Which, star, if, if it's not the last of the newest movies, which Star Wars movie would be your favorite if you had to pick one? Oh. Okay. This is going to come probably as a shock for, for people who watch Star Wars. It is the movie that is between episode 3 and episode 4. It's Star Wars Rogue One. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah of course. Mm -hmm. it, it, I, because it doesn't have any Force-sensitive character, at the end mm -hmm. you see Darth Vader in it. Yeah, that... But the whole story about you know the rebels trying to retrieve the Death Star map... In order in episode four that rebels blow up this uh, Death Star, I thought it was so well made that obviously the uh, Star Wars the studio knew that it was so good they created the the the, the series Andor, and I think Andor if you guys haven't watched it I think it's mm -hmm. a must watch even if you haven't seen anything of Star Wars because it's so well made and it has one simple mass message that I think the whole world right now on Earth. Is, is, is going through is fighting fascism like fighting mm -hmm. this is imperialism and and uh, yeah that's that's the whole series and the whole movie so yeah it, it comes as a predecessor so the movie Rogue One with, with the series and or I think are, are my favorite things right now and why would you relate describe it like similar to fighting fascism and saying that it's like something that happens happening globally well, because I think when I, when, I, when I say fascism, I don't mean, you know, right-wing. Fascism yeah. could be any, mm -hmm. just, just people trying to enforce 
a way of living on other people. That's that's what I'm uh, trying to say by fascism, by stripping them from you know their identities, stripping them from. It could be capitalism that is fascism. It could be whatever. This is how I view. And why I said it because I think the world right now every day is in a, in a, in a constant struggle of fighting the system. This because every everywhere you go in the world the system doesn't work. And, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm not pro any system actually. I don't, I'm not even on this. You know, people come up to you and you say, "Yeah, are you like right wing, left wing, uh, liberal, center?" No, dude, this plane killed us. I don't think chicken wings, open wings. The only plane we know is the one. You know, no, Balawis, Balawim. We say that that day. Yeah, exactly. The only wings the wings. Yeah, exactly. Only wings I like are chicken wings, maybe with barbecue. Chicken wings is fine, bro. Buffalo. Yeah, exactly. Buffalo, Buffalo sauce. sauce. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Mister International, can an food open wings? خلاص. Fuck that shit up. Those are the best things. Yeah, exactly. Are they? Are they other places too? Are they still open? It's uh, Mister International. I think it is. Uh, I've had it once in my life. I wasn't. Uh, uh, I yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not. The- Customer. Dick Duke does the open wings too. Those were yeah. also really fire. I think, mm-hmm. oh, Muffy bought open wings with men. I think Muffy. <laughs> <laughs> they took away the only thing I liked about that country other than Shawarma. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That's it. Bro, what are these offers? Was it 25,000? Some shit like that. Yeah, it was amazing back in the day. When, the year, when it first opened. When they first opened. Many years ago. 16,000 dollars, maybe. Maybe. I can't count. I'm so basically mad. right now... Around like $20, in, yeah. Yeah, with with 16 bucks right now, you can buy your lunch and your dinner. Mm. It's a different hall. I don't know if you've been away for too long. Yeah, but, I have been away for too yeah. long. <laughs> 16 bucks is about 2 million liras right now. 2 million. 2 million. Yeah. Wait, so wow. what is it right now? The 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 It's 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 around 100,000. A dollar is 100,000. Fuck me. Yeah. I don't know yeah. when the episode is is, is going to be, you know, out and <laughs> Ramadan 200. Ramadan. 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 Yeah. <laughs> it could be anywhere. Like every episode, mm. you see, and the, the Lebanese currency is just like going faster than us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, growing faster than us. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I love, wait, Phil. I just wanted to ask. So when I asked you about the movies, you didn't. You were like American movies and stuff like that. You didn't say a single Lebanese movie. Ooh. What's that? Oh about? man. Ooh. No, no. I'm, I, I, yeah, I'm sorry about that because uh, <laughs> uh, I, I like. I like. I li- obviously, I don't like the the popcorn movies that they make. I uh, uh, you know, the rom com Lebanese stuff are dreadful. But uh, the Ziad Dwayri movie West Beirut is mm-hmm. is one of the best movies ever made, in my opinion. It has the elements of everything, and uh, as much as people, you know, in the industry of film here, do not like the movies that um, Nadine Lebeke does, I, on the other hand. Really oh, I love that. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Even if they are melodramatic on purpose, I I want to feel the 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 sadness <laughs> in her movies, the happiness in her movies. 
كاراميل واز واز بريليانت كفرنحوم واز بريليانت از ويل وهلا لوين كمان ماستر بيس Uh, older movies, I like SL film. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that from back in the. No, I haven't seen that one. <laughs> What? It was the. What is it? It was the movie from from SL She SL She, which was like you know the comedy, the right. premiere comedy show. Right. Of, of the night. <laughs> Wait, I have I have Karawa again. Ewa, Ewa, light. <laughs> light is back. Yeah, it looks like he just found a created fire in his hand. It's like the hero. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and I cannot note a very significant Lebanese movie that came out or an Arab movie that But why is it that the case? I love movies, right? And why is it that so many more movies come out of Hollywood than come out from the entire Middle East? You know what I mean? It's like we, like in this one tiny city of Hollywood, they pump out many, 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 many movies, and then and all the whole Arab world, the billion plus people, you know, can't even make things up to that caliber. You know what is it? Because in theory, it makes sense that it would happen. Because India has a scene, even Nigeria has a scene, Korea has a scene. You know what I mean? But what's missing from? And we have the art in music, in TV, in yeah. fashion, and all kinds of things, right? But it seems like film is the one thing that is uh, not as strong. Is my theory correct? Yes, but but that that comes down to the uh, first of all, Hollywood has been established for more than eighty, ninety years now, and mm. the Arab world right now. First of all, you know that Saudi Arabia didn't have cinema theaters for for a long time. It's been mm-hmm. two, three years that mm-hmm. allowed people to go watch movies in cinemas. That that that's one thing, and you know that Saudi Arabia has right now a huge program to fund. Uh, uh, series and movies, and it's only in the, at the genesis of it. So you had the, the 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 Egyptian cinema that was huge, you had the Lebanese cinema that right. wasn't huge, but produced artistic, nice movies throughout the years. So uh, we cannot blame the, the 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 region for not having a huge industry. Right now, the industry is being established, and I think moving forward, we, we will see more and more. Uh, uh, movies that speak to us more than 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 the Western world, let's say, and we will say, oh, we have our own cinema. This is our own Arab identity. Identity, and I think it's not going to be so long. I think in the next ten years we will see massive productions. Um, right now, in 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 many cities and many uh, many places in Saudi Arabia, festivals are popping up. Uh, movie festivals and workshops are being are being put in place and incubators to let directors from all the region come write uh, produce and put out their movies but mostly it started right now with Shahid on NBC which is like a streaming platform that you subscribe to and there's a lot lot of great series that are coming out yeah oh wow that's um Thanks for that info. That's great. That's inspiring. That makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how, do you fi- how do you find a good Arab series? Or like, because like for me, whenever I'm 
filtering through if I want to go look through Shahid and I'm looking at the names, they're just not as you know appealing, maybe because yeah, I'm just used to using English more often. But how do you find a good movie from the Arabic names? Like it's a it's a it's a beautiful question. I love it. I know Bifamak, you cringe when you see series. This ma al-wa'd al-mamnu' or al-'ash al-mamnu' al-'ash al-mamnu'. You see it. You're like, oh man, it could no be a great series. Promise, well, uh, it's too much. Mm-hmm. But so what? But It's the same thing that happens to Westerners when they look at series when they're scoring through Netflix or. HBO or whatever. They see the uh, names that are weird. But yeah, 100%. I think, I think they're sold more on the synopsis of it, on, on, on the trailer, on the reviews, and then you watch it. Uh, this, I, I think the language, eh, we, we cringe a lot our own culture, and which is wrong. Yeah. But we, we should have a more relaxed like, approach to, to everything that is being produced by Arabs, just to encourage them. We need each other. We know it for a fact that everything that Arab people do will get hate first from Arab people. And that's that's yeah. where, that's all, all conflicts, all what? music. <laughs> that explains hey, the hey. podcast. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you will get I'm hate yeah. from the first three from your, the, from the people closest to you. And which which is horrible. It's so weird. There is... A place for everyone. يعني ما بخبرك بس عن the Lebanese scene of music. Man, بيطلع band لذيذة. Instead of everybody you know, supporting this band, they go and bash it and they go and you know talk. وهي الميوزك يمكن كلها سوا خمسة آلاف شخص, five thousand people or ten thousand let's say. If this scene doesn't support everyone within it, why have a scene? Let's say it's خلاص اسمع هاي فوهبي and and let this be the norm. Which is the norm, You cannot have an alternative yeah. movie industry or an alternative music industry. I'll tell you why. Because uh, the first medium that people watch television. And the radio is still very prevalent in, in, in the cars and in the, in the houses. Uh, you have very low subscribers on streaming music streaming platforms and movie streaming platforms badun badna shway shway and andak tariban 2% of the whole arab mina region that are subscribed that pay money for uh, spotify or apple music or anrami or or uh, so badun ram kthir sghir but it is one of the biggest grow, uh, highest growing year by year so am bisir fi changes so bas tafassir lak anno bad al arab wa we don't have um, Uh, our own personal radio. They're dictated by what the TV shows them and what the radio shows them. So this is why they still watch shitty Lebanese series, shitty Lebanese trash entertainment on, on TV. And at the same time on the radio, and, and I can assure you, I don't know if you know this, but Fishi is Modam, an artist who is probably un, relatively unknown with a shit song, goes to a radio with Babat. Mm. 2000 or 3000 pays them and and they put it on rotation the whole day so what are you trying to give the audience here you're, you're curating stuff that is not very varied because it's the same type of music so they're going to say like oh i like the song like after listening to it like 100 uh, 100 times but it's the same song a song that Haifa Webb puts out 
and and uh, I have as an example yeah, but no. uh, what I'm trying to say as a whole is Lebanese TV Lebanese radios uh, because I know them very well do not offer the audience anything to think about and do not offer uh, the Lebanese people an alternative to or, or do, do not showcase an alternative sound so this is why and mainly because Lebanese people are fanatic about everything in life whenever they hear a song that is not at all the same as they're used to they're like oh holy abedin shatin or these are you know gay people like when when they demonized mashua leila that was like you know, oh my god they're gay mm. It's so weird, they're the biggest Lebanese band, right? Making Mm. good music, bringing culture, elevating all of Lebanon, all of music. And then, yeah, it's interesting to see the hate. It's interesting the way you explain it, that, yeah, exactly Mm. that. They're just so used. It's kind of like they're programmed to the programming, right? They're programmed to the TV programming. They're used to it. And, of course, those things clash with the independence of the the new gen media like this podcast and music and you know they want you listening to the radio instead of this podcast because this podcast might open your mind up the radio it will just keep you driving happy safe you know what i mean yeah, yeah. exactly something that i've noticed also Interesting in theory. The, for people from the Mena region is for them to be like if you want to become successful you have to target the diaspora and not your own country especially mm. with lebanese people because we have the we have a very large diaspora on top of that, yeah. if you're going to make, you know, if, for example, the band wants to make music similar to Mashur Leila, you have to go international because the Lebanese audience is not going to enjoy it. And that's what I said at first. It shows you the difference. It shows you the getting, difference between the people who are you. stuck. Yeah. Yeah, this, this is just like, it shows how much there is a complete mindset change from when you're living in Lebanon to when you leave. Mm. Yeah, and it, Lechna, obviously, if we stay living in Lebanon, if we never left, we never traveled, our mindset would have been similar to the people who are just stuck on the TV and stuck on the radio the whole time that we were mentioning earlier. And because we've all traveled, we just, we've basically opened up our minds to see, it's like, ah, oh, okay, you can fish here, Mafi Mitlo, I don't know, bro, what's it? I love what those guys, it? yeah, Mafi Mitlo, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know you get you get mm-hmm. you see other cultures. You don't need to be just rest- stuck in your culture. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. and uh, the one thing the one thing I do love about the Arab scene is the comedy. I love the the stand up comedy. It looks like it's rising and growing, and I love all these new comedians that are coming out, and it's really cool. Uh, are you in? Uh, what's your involvement with the the stand up comedy scene, uh, Phil? Uh, right now, um, because I'm working for Cinemos, and uh, they previously mm. shot Awkward, the six most prominent yani, uh, shows. I'm about the comedians. I'm comedians they're, they're still not, uh, they don't have their comedy special yet. Mm-hmm. It was called a series called Stand Up Balladay, and uh, it featured mm. uh, Shakir Abdullah, Noor Hajjar, and Shadin, Hussein Aou. Uh, and um, I don't want to forget anyone, John Ashar and Muhammad Balbaki. So it was six of them. Mm-hmm. And till this day, this comedy special that was shot, 25 minutes each, uh, garnered a lot of views on Awkward's channel and Cinemos' channel. And uh, I think the, 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 the scene 
is at the genesis and it needs to be uh, well protected by us by by these comedians should be at the forefront of comedy because they challenge it's the same thing about music about movies the alternative to the mainstream comedy is the stand-up comedy under the umbrella and if we don't protect that it will be censored and it will be labeled as abedin shotin as uh, 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 way of living of in lebanon and <laughs> we're starting to see that on lbc they took hussein Aou and muhammad al-dayh to do, to do a series where they're criticizing and showing shedding the light about their community in dahiye and whatever and they are being slandered right now. They're being uh, he's receiving calls he is comedically putting uh, uh, the setting that he grew up in on the forefront Lebanese TV which is quite you know like a shock for the, the, the Shia and the Dahi people because it's on a Christian uh, television made by, uh, by, 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 by two Shiite uh, comedians and I'm to find when I'm I'm not where they don't want this comedy to be uh, enlightening people because they want the the stupid characters that are recurrent and with the same punchline every time because it's easier to not disturb anyone at home and not make them think and see the truth that is happening on the streets <laughs> of, of Lebanon. It's mind which 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 all these comedians. Yeah, the, all these comedians showcase very, very That's what in a real is. way. Yes, mm-hmm. this is what comedy mm-hmm. is. It's it's a it's a satire. It's it's a, it's a critique of, of of the way of living of the Lebanese way of living living. And and middle musia or middle aflam comedy it's gonna suffer the same fate unless we protect it. That's it. <laughs> I love that round for comedy. The, the, the Lebanese Illuminati, they're, take, they're doing, uh, they're controlling this shit. That's what, that's what I mean. I, 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 th- I, th- I think they do okay with this set of comedy, Shabibi. I think, Mamari. <laughs> yeah, it's, do you want to tell us a bit more what is cinema's, uh, yeah, and what's your involvement with it? Uh, it's my new job right now. I'm just going to speak about it briefly because I don't want to reveal too much. Uh, but Cinemos is a, uh, is a streaming uh, service. It's for free. People uh, can watch uh, right now. The model is different than before. But the, the model is simple. You have four movies that have been theatrically released two months ago. So you get it before any streaming service uh, for a month. So you have a month like to plan when to watch Every movie's on there. And we had really cool movies. Like last month, we had Triangle of Sadness that was nominated for three big awards at mm-hmm. the, and, and, and the Oscars. So, it won uh, the Palm yeah, Door, which is the biggest award yeah, of the year. They, it won the Palm Door, and, and the, the, the director is completely deranged. I love him. And uh, yeah, so this is, this is <laughs> my, my My involvement with them goes on another level. We're creating a sub brand. That was already launched, but we're changing it a bit to have an entertainment platform that is top tier. And I hope it's it's never never seen before in the in the region because I truly believe that everything that I've done in my life culminated into me having this sort of freedom to express myself and 
for others as well to express themselves on this platform that is going to be completely on social media and YouTube and whatever to showcase a way of living, let's say, uh, through entertainment and education. That's, that's, that's how, uh, as simply as I can put it. And it's, uh, it speaks to the generation X, Y, and Z. And we're not gonna, we're not gonna alienate anyone. We're gonna speak the language of everyone. And it's gonna be in Arabic mostly. It's fine, but no, we're gonna be speaking the language that is uh-huh. as simple uh, to anyone to understand. Yeah. Will you be reverse engineering the, all the propaganda that has been presented to us as children in Lebanon? <laughs> Will you be providing us with the, the truth? I don't, I don't know if I have the capabilities of doing that, but hey, no, I'm going to just portray <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> how <laughs> I will be. <laughs> <how> others, <laughs> it's it's like, like, I don't think we have the capabilities. <laughs> nobody has the capabilities when, when, when you're when you're brainwashed, yeah. you're brainwashed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's sad. Unless, yeah, you, you hear something. Well, no, it's not. I mean, it's, you know, opportunity, you know, like you can hear something that wakes you up. You know, there's always discussions. 100%. That's what I love about podcasting is that you can hear discussions and hear things from both sides and make up your own mind, you know, and uh, we're not usually given that option, you know, especially when we were kids. Things were just very rigid. You don't do this, you do this. You don't do this, you do this. And everyone does things differently, but everyone's families, you know, have their own set rules. Yeah, Ali, Ali, it's, it's because, it's because you know? you're, you're, you're being, you fear changing your mind. And that's what's horrible mm. because even, even on a simpler level, I'm going to just give this example, which would be, be super relatable to mm-hmm. everyone. When your dad or your mom is like a big fan of a sports team. When, when you're born, like the small jersey, you know, and they take pictures and they, they make you, <laughs> They make you watch that 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 sports team, and and by mm-hmm. sports team I'm saying Hezb and 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 you know uh, mm-hmm. political. Yes, <laughs> it depends on Same the color thing. of the jersey. And what happens is you grow up, you you find a sense of belonging. You find a sense of belonging. Oh, Fighir Metlik, I mean, they like the same football team. Mm-hmm. And we're going to become, you know, like a close-knitted community where we go to, yeah. uh, to, to cafes and watch the, 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 the games together and we become brothers and we have, you know, uh, a closeted uh, group on Facebook where we go in and we talk. Where you feel like, oh, okay. And whenever someone comes in and says, you know, your team is very bad, like they do fraudulent stuff and these are, you know, like, real documents and many many mahakim are are like persecuting them right now most people would yeah. say i don't care i'm with them even if i have to die for them because this is my team you know i chose it whereas as you were saying ali we have the capability as human beings and you know that because everybody's been saying that mostly neuro- neuroscientists have been saying that that you have biases within you when when you receive a, an information mm-hmm. your brain acts as a filter whatever this information is visual auditory whatever or an opinion and if you're telling me like yeah this team that you support is a fraudulent team i'm gonna take a step back if i want to in- evolve and my thinking mostly and i'm gonna say you know what let me think about it because it is a conflicting information that you're giving me. I love this team, but there is a fact here. And this filter that, that you give yourself allows you not to be a fanatic, not to be brainwashed, not to be... And, and allows you to have the ease to say, I changed my mind. And 
I do not support this team mm-hmm. anymore. I have I had fondness for them. Right now, I can support another team or not support anyone and be uh, an observer from afar. And that's what I think. Yes, mm-hmm. I, when I said you know we're brainwashed and there's no hope because 90% of people and I'm, again I'm throwing an imaginary percentage, but so now I'm saying a large chunk of people do not know how to change their mind and they're afraid because they will they feel like they're gonna be kicked out of their community. And this is what's what, yeah. what's sad mm-hmm. about their idea. Wait, wait. So, so I have I have a question about since we're also talking about football and politics. If Ronaldo bro leaves Saudi Arabia and comes to Lebanon, who do you think he'd join, Ansar or Al Ahed? Let's see if he would be joined. I mean, they have to. I have I have a theory of how to determine that. I know how to determine that. You get all the fans of Al Ahed, all the fans of Ansar, on one field, and you let them battle it out. Jousting, ninja, all spears, and the last man standing gets to have Ronaldo. to entice him. You know, he's like, yes, we will give you as much Lebanese pounds as you want. We will give you 60 million a year Lebanese pounds. He's like, it's not 60 million. Where? was like 60 million is mushy, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a, a fun uh, way to do it. Um, on the, on, it's so, uh, of course, it's it's scary to not know about the future. It's scary to, to to realize that you have done things in the past that you might regret, you know, or or you've done things in the past that doesn't align with your current worldview. And so sometimes you just want to stay doing what you're doing and just, you know, put on blindfolds, but it will serve you uh, and serve the others around you and the people closest to you to look at the truth and look at the things that really matter, Um, like the people around you, right? The people you live with, the people in your society, it does, like, you know, we're all the same people, especially us Arabs, especially us Lebanese, you know, in a smaller community, we have so much in common, so much more in common than you can ever imagine. You know, look at us right now. Mm -hmm. We're just three Lebanese people from completely different backgrounds that, you know, traditionally in high school and stuff like that, maybe they, you wouldn't see us talking to each other in some standard way because that's just how things go. But you know, look at us, we're talking, we're having conversation and we have so much in common in the way we think, the way we live our life, the way we enjoy art, the way we enjoy food and music. Um, yeah, so, and it's a much more satisfying thing to fight for a humanity as opposed to fight for some sports team. You know, Absolutely. sports team are fun at for, are they're fun for entertainment, but they're, but once you, you know, <laughs> identify too closely with them, you lose who you are as an individual. And you need to keep that individuality because that is what makes you human. And the most important thing a human being can do, something a donkey can't do, something a cat can't do is think. That's the one thing that makes us human. To think, yeah. to talk, and 
that's what makes you human. That's what makes you alive. So, you know, live your life while you're alive, pretty much. Bro, I think we should just weaponize the, the, the Lebanese diaspora. And take <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I was giving a wholesome, wholesome talk. And now you're like, weapons? I mean, I, I'm Nick, not saying I didn't... give them all AK-47s and let's just like march on uh, France or something. <laughs> but... <laughs> But, uh, it sounded like it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, because Ali, you were on something. You were, you were, you were really hitting a point about uh, how, for example, Lehna, the three of us, although each of us is in a continent, we are, we have a lot in common. I'm pretty sure you guys also. Whenever this happens to me quite a bit, whenever I bump into an Arab that is, you know, outside my country, especially like Lebanese, I can somehow have fun with them as if we've been friends for for at least a few years. And it's so weird how you just have all of this in common. And you have this, it's because of the mindset, obviously, for sure, in my opinion. And somehow, even with all the shit that's going in your country, you still somehow love it, no matter what, no matter how toxic it is. It's like that, you know, your first ex, that's just like, oh, it's always going to be in your head. You can never remove it. So your first passport is basically your first ex. You can't get rid of it. Is this always going to be there? Yeah. We're connected uh, to toxic relations. Said, <laughs> I, I, can, I completely agree. It's, it's, it's my mess. People ask me, oh, you have, you, know, you have a passport. Why don't you leave? And I'm like, dude, you know, if I leave and if everybody leaves, I'm trying to say, this, this country will be left to لِشُفْتُمْ بِمَاتْشُ الْعَهَدُ الْعَنْسَةِ I'm not talking racially or whatever. Uh-huh. Fanatics. Uh-huh. Yeah, they want to rule this country. Regardless, I'm not a football but I loved what Ali said. And and just to tell you, Ali, that I would fight, I would want us all to disagree on one topic. Yeah, a topic that humanity uh, actually as, as a specific uh, creed of, of of creatures that that roam the earth, Lebanese disregards so much. It's one metric, happiness. How stupid it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't all work collectively. threshold We always need something new. One night out a week, let's say. Then another crisis happens where you, you find the, the country completely devoid of, of fuel and food and water scarcity. So it's no surprise that Shifna had all the graphs and Lebanon, one of the most uh, depressed countries in the world. And and we don't. We never yeah. fought, in, regardless of religion and, and backgrounds or whatever, we never fought for happiness. We never thought, why do I want this, this region to be better than this region or this guy to get richer than this guy because I relate to this guy more than this guy. This is what we're fighting for. The most important thing is, is happiness. Mm-hmm. Or you work all day and you come back to your house and you say, I'm going to be happy with you. 
ما بنعملها اند وان مور ثينج ليش لتتنا ما فينا نكون اصحاب لو كنا بالمدرسه ليش اي دونت فايند اي دونت فايند وان فاليد ريزون فور ات اكسبت فور ذا سيجريجيشن بلبنان او التقسيم الخرا اللي عملوه لبنان اند ات انويز مي لانه شفتها مره بالغلط انا على سي ان ان بتعرف في واحد اسمه فريد زكريا او زكاريا بسموه عنده اسمه جلوبال بروجرام تبعه اند هي واز انترفيوينج ذا برايم مينستر اوف سنغافور على سنغافور اتس ريليتيفلي نيو كونتري اند هي تولد هيم وات دو يو ثينك از ذا سكسس اوف يور كونتري اتس ا جلوبال هاب مثل دبي مثل كل شيء اند هي تولد هيم وان ثينك اجين ام نوت ا جيو بوليتيكال سافانت اور وات ايفر ام جاست ا جاي هو راندملي ستمبلد ابون ذا برايم مينستر اوف سنغافور سينج ذات The biggest resource is the people. So I took a step back. I was like, ah, oh, this is a cliche that everybody says. And, he's, and he said, no, tell us why, why the people are here. And one thing, in, a, in one building in Singapore, I don't have one ethnic group. I don't have Malaysians, I don't have Chinese. Every topic is supposed diversity. Why? The children of these people will go to the same school. They will be taught the same thing. And they will come out as a, a, a functional society that knows each other, as opposed to Hadan Mabarif, Sinni in Lebanon, Mabarif, Orthodox in Lebanon, or Dirzi Mabarif, Shia, I'm not sure what I'm saying. But we are not going to be able to do this, we are not going to be able to do this, we are not going to What you guys, you know, play football, you know, like I'm sure you guys play football. and you yeah. bond over stuff that are you, you normally bond with your best friend at home, and you're like, mm-hmm. you find it so surprising. This is the this is the and what happened is yes, because Lebanon is like this, because this. serves the purpose of dividing Lebanon. So how do we, how do we get, it? how do we, uh, damn bro, that was a crazy mic drop. No, that's a mic good drop? one. Ah, again. Yeah, the mic drop. drop. Yeah, exactly. And then, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think about it and like, how, how are we supposed to remedy this, this conundrum that we have placed ourselves in? ما بعرف شو شو بدنا نعمل؟ وين بنحط بنحط بدك حدا يجي يقول خيي ممنوع بقى ديز ممنوع فاناتيسيزم يعني هي ذا بروبلم از انه بدك تلغيهم كلهم هيدي بترجع صعب اي دونت هاف هوب فور لبنان هاي المشكله اي لاف ات اي لاف ات اند ستين هير بس سوري اي دونت مين تو لاف <laughs> no, I know yeah. because because it's a funny thing. You know, one who has hope for a country, be okay, I go make a life uh, somewhere else. I'll be I'll be happy or whatever. And I stay here, and I say there's no hope. That, you know, uh, every every signal that this government gives, or even the people that live here give yeah. give out, does not indicate that it is for the betterment of this country. It's just. It just signals more downfall, just signals more personal gain, except uh, as opposed to a, a, a system that we want more, more inclusive that helps everybody as a community. Mish communism, mm-hmm. community. Yes, yeah, yeah, I got you. <laughs> Communism might work, um, you never know. It, 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 <laughs> no, no. 
Exactly, and I'm a window of 30 minutes when I get up to have an espresso and shower. And it's, it's so sad. I have, I have a 30-minute window to do <laughs> these two things that normally should take you an hour to relax, wake up, and start your day. I have, I have 30 minutes to do it, rushing yeah. every day. Yeah. I, I feel like um, okay. people need to learn more about the, the pros of having things with convenience. Because it gives them so much, it adds to their schedule. Like it gives, it opens them, opens up time for them to actually do other things in their life, which includes obviously the more the main important component right now, which is mental health and how people are not happy. <laughs> that was exactly what I was saying. The threshold about happiness, about Lebanon, I'm muta, I'm muta, I'm muta. Yeah, exactly. That makes you happy, and you adapt to it, and it becomes your, your threshold. And, People mm-hmm. just don't have time. People just there because they're always focused on on things that you know that will add to their stress. So without time, Carlos, you're just stuck in this loop. You're just constantly yeah. stuck. This podcast went from funny talking about movies and music <laughs> and DJ and electronic oomphs, 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 and <laughs> talking about hope and life and death and <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, this is the <laughs> This That's is how the three of us became friends, bro. This is like we're just talking about <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the highs and lows. <laughs> the highs and lows. <laughs> um, yeah, as a so- solution, I do think it's just. I think it's a good thing that we can do is to offer an alternative story. That's something that can work. You know, like if more and more people hear this other story, like right now, there's a story that you have to be do this one thing and if that's how you live life but then if you hear another story like oh there's another way you can live your life another way you can treat other people um and it's better for you and it's a more convincing story more people buy into that you know deeply um and the thing about hope is you always need hope i feel like even in shitty situations even in the shittiest situations um you know because it's uh the the hope like the hope and happiness is your soul you know what i mean and once you lose hope you lose your soul and then you just become depressed you know and we don't want that right like you want you to be strong through um no matter what kind of circumstances you're going through because that's life life is suffering we understand that um there's so much uncertainty there's so much suffering there's so much pain you know but You need to have some hope for yourself, for the future, for the people around you. I don't know, Phil, how do you stay happy despite all of this? I mean, <laughs> you've described yourself as a happy guy. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. How, how are you doing it? I mean, I'm not going to say uh, that I was happy for the last, I don't know, four or five years. I was heavily depressed, you know, mm. heavily depressed and, mm -hmm. and uh, not on medication like most Lebanese. Probably thinking there's a beyond the statistics right now in Lebanon. You'd, I would think, you know, there's a high percentage of people that men are, that are on prescribed medication for, uh, for, for chronic Ooh. depression and for whatever. Uh, I wasn't. Mm -hmm. Unprescribed is a whole other thing too. Yeah, exactly. Like yes, yeah, yeah. unprescribed. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. you, you find you find you you find your your way of doing things. Hello, Anna. In my particular case, mm -hmm. for I I kind of you know changed careers from someone who was on television and radios to finding himself. Oh, I cannot live off that career because the economic situation is unbearable. So I had to, you know, search for a job. And, and between that, there was a pandemic as well. I found myself like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm physically fit because I had, you know, a diet and I was doing lots of sports. But I thought that this would give me, you know, the, the good body and the good happiness. It would give me the happiness, sorry. And I found myself depressed, you know, like I love being at home alone. Mm. But at the same time, not having a purpose kind of, you know, got me depressed and I started, you know, like binging on food and whatever and watching stuff and playing video games the whole day until I found a job. But I found a corporate job that was so tough, but I, it, it made me learn so much that I, I also was, you know, depressed. I was making okay money, but at the same time I was, you know, like working from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. every day and not having a life and going out once to drink and the cycle, re and it, the cycle repeats day in, day out, day in, day out, week in, week out, till uh, two years passed. And I thought, you know, no, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do something that I love. And what I love is content and I love cheering up people and not, you know, constantly every day putting out content, but at least, you know. And I saw that my friends had this project as well. And we, us, we, we decided to work together finally after like 12 years of, yeah, we should, we should, and we should, and we did it. And you know what, what happened is I started working on the 3rd of January for, for the, my new job. And I had mm. two weeks gap between the jobs. And for the first time, when I went to an office in two years, because I used to work remotely for that other company, I felt like a breath of fresh air. And I said to myself, okay, I'm going to come in every day and be the spark of, I don't like to say positivity, but I'd like to say starting something, you know, like making people who are who feel like you know slouching on their desk come up and you know have a smile with me have a laugh have a coffee with me have a cigarette whatever you know so that made me less depressed that that took me out of my depression you know the fact that i was going talking to people and and making a small uh office made me feel better and and yeah i'm, I'm telling you this is how i dealt with my depression I took myself out of a situation that was unfavorable for me and I put myself in another situation that was favorable and I am doing much better. And obviously I did therapy for like five, six months during my old job and that helped massively. Uh, organizing my life is, is everyone's life. Organizing their life sort of is 50% of uh, curing your depression or dealing with it. Yani. 
tamur routine le'elak that is favorable for you is 50% of curing depression. The other 50%, you have to talk to your therapist. I don't know if it makes sense. Ali, do you talk to your therapist enough? <laughs> oh, man. Man, I can't believe I'm crying on this podcast already, dude. Well, there's, there's, something, there's something really beautiful in what you said, Phil. Can't believe we were just talking about music and video games, and now we're having this deep talk about life. Wow. I'll have to share this um, with my therapist on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, no, exactly. I mean, you know, I love what you were saying about once you decided that, no, I'm not just going to go through my day being whatever, having no energy. No, I'm going to go through my day and do the best I can. Say good morning to people. Try to cheer people up. Make a joke. Make friends, you know. Vamos. Andare. If everyone did that, you know how beautiful the world would be, you know? Yeah, exactly. Oof. Zaid, you should take it from here. I need to drink some jaleb right now. Yeah. Can you continue? Or you can't continue anymore? Okay. Thank you for watching another episode and making the show. Is a liability at this point. This is how we say goodbye. Salute to the camera, hand on. And everyone, camera. Okay.